Commandos. The Bucks got all the right steps in Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Good Friday, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher. It is Saturday's Eve, ETSU men's basketball tomorrow versus UT Martin. The Skyhawks are in town. The women's basketball game on Sunday, we've been promoing, actually has been moved till Tuesday. The snowmageddon or whatever's going on or may not hit. I don't think it's going to hit. Every time I've li- and I've lived here in the dry cities close to 20 years or maybe more than that. Now, I guess 23 years now, but they're like 10 times they've called for snowmageddon. Other than the blizzard of 98, I don't remember it ever being true. I can't imagine that anything that comes this weekend is going to be as bad as they say it's going to be. I can't imagine. There's no way, is there? I mean, is it really going to be you can't drive one hour to get a place you need to be, much like we're seeing planned for with ETSU women's basketball having to bump their game back two days. I get that it's a very hilly drive, and you can get icy and things like that. Yeah, I understand. Sam, Sam's gap is a bit – the problem is they can't get vehicles up there to clear road off. That's well, the issue. Jacob Towns, the back in studio, says, oh, yeah, I'm not I'm not going back this weekend. I'm going back home. He's from Virginia. By the way, this is his last show in studio, uh, last Friday show in studio before he graduates. We'll have a nice ode to him during the North Carolina A&T game. Spoiler alert. Uh, not anything ridiculous, just like, uh, you know, goodbye, Jacob Townsend. We missed you, and we won't miss you at the same time. But he says, I'm not going home because, yeah, there it is. I'm not going home because it's going to be so bad. You can't drive the hour, hour and a half to get home on what is, I think, going that way, relatively flat ground, correct? I mean, you go northeast, then you're not in too much danger of having your car, like, you know, stop on a hill and trying to go up, stop, starts rolling down, and you see one of those hilarious videos where, cars are ping-ponging off each other. That's pretty flat, so that's not going to happen going northeast, right? Uh, south, well, there, no, here's what I want to say. <laughs> Southwest Virginia is still like in the 1870s, so <laughs> there's Ouch, nobody Jacob. clearing roads. There are people that live in these windy back hills, Jacob's hometown, everything that's just – there's a nothingness there where literally – Towns shut down for uh, a decade. I mean, it's just uh, it's once you Southwest Virginia. You've been there, right? You've driven through. I've driven through it many times. So uh, never stopped. But, I just on the interstate. <laughs> yeah, just on the interstate. But you should venture into some of those uh, communities where Stephen May's from. Uh, you know where Towns is from. Where we've got a few other workers that have worked for us. Big Stone Gap, Grundy. Some of those good spots there. Where just it's uh, they they. I don't know unless a guy has. Uh, one of those uh, things on the front of his truck to, to scrape the road, then pretty much they don't, you know, the government's not scraping it for him, or the city government's not scraping it for him. Ouch. So. There you go. It, uh, uh, Jacob, you can cut your mic on in the rare first segment. I, I kind of feel like that's fair. 
You're not totally lying, boss. You're not totally lying. That's all I'm a forgotten part of the state. A forgotten part of the country, in yes. all honesty. That's Virginia sad. ends at Roanoke. Wow. Mm. How does that feel, Jacob? You can vent if you want. Uh, it's not great, but you know what? It's okay. I've, I, you know, hey. It's something I'm used to. It's sort, of like, to it's sort of like How the Buccaneer it? Sports Network. It ends from the top. It stops at you two. Me and Trey are just, you know, the measly two at the bottom. So, uh, <laughs> it's a very <laughs> valid point. But the, I thought you were going to speed that past that and pretend that didn't even happen. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 what are you talking about? It's a very valid point. But uh, the one thing is, too, when you think about snow and stuff, and although we are in the mountains and we get some snow, it's not like where Minnesota, Chicago, some of these other places that can get a plethora of snow. Plus, they're in a metropolitan city where they are prepared for all that. I mean, it's very rare that you get snow, and it's more ice. It's really the concerning part around this area isn't really snow, and I think you had a run-in with some ice last year just trying to come down from, from Buck Ridge, the apartments up on the hill, <laughs> coming down it. which you, you were – like two or three times. That was yes, bad. you were, you were thrown off a little bit by, man, the ice. Exactly, yeah. because – and you just can't – and the other thing is, so the roads – uh, really struggle here because normally, again, up north, and I've got a lot of family from uh, New Jersey, Boston, that, that type region northeast. Once it freezes and gets below freezing, it kind of stays there for months at a time. The problem here in East Tennessee, Southwest Virginia, Western North Carolina, it'll get up to 40, 50, then it drops below for a month, and it goes up. and So the roads really take a pounding, and so it, it takes a while for the roads to, to adjust to that. So – you know, once it gets freezing, it stays freezing. What's well, pretty simple on the asphalt and the concrete and all that good fun stuff. When, what the problem is when it goes up and down. And here's the most dangerous part, and I can't believe in the sports show we've gotten to this point, but basically when it's about 30 to about 37, 38 degrees, that's usually when it's the worst snow ice water's mix. melting, but then it's freezing it, it, again. Yeah, and yeah. it melts and it freezes, and then it's ice upon ice. And so, and the snow also is worse during that because of wet snow, hard snow, and packed snow. So it it's very odd. So it's just a bad deal and again you know uncas can and etsu just concerned about sam's gap because getting to point a to point b and the university you know will unca be prepared to clear out an area for it are they worried about that is it you know once you get to the top of the mountain are you sliding down the was it because here's the other issue one side of the mountain may be taken care of you know maybe the tennessee or north carolina side has taken care of that part the other side may not be right. cleared off that's the issue you have too if it was all in the same state you're like okay if they start working on it they're going to finish it the problem is sometimes the states don't agree on when they need to clear their side off. Well, I'm all for safety. I'm all for they had an open date. Why not use it? I'm sure they would. Play, if this was the only day that they could make this game happen, I'm pretty sure that they would have tried to do so. But I did not want to drive up that mountain on that snowy and icy day. And, and I didn't want to be on the bus with the team uh, if I didn't drive myself. Uh, I know there were a few of us planning on going down there. But if I was on the bus, I didn't want to see what could have happened if a bus careens down a mountain. You know, that's not something that, to me, sounds like a very fun time. So, sad they don't get to play on Sunday. But thinking that maybe these couple days will help them get healthy again, those four people that are missing, Jada Craig, Micah Sheets, Shania Jackson, and Anajay Stephanie. Hopefully, a couple of them can be back as the numbers start to go in the right direction for ETSU rather than in the wrong direction. ETSU men's basketball will play Saturday, 4 o'clock, 3.30 pregame show. They welcome in the UT Martin Skyhawks, which I just found out, bust to Tulane and back. New Orleans, right? Yes. Wow. I don't know how far Memphis to New Orleans is. Maybe it's not egregious. I think it's like seven, eight hours. Let me check. Uh, well, then that's not that bad. I it's I guess because we are just so far from – and you'd go a different direction, really. Uh, you'd go more south instead of west uh, to get to New Orleans from where we're at. But anyway, it just seemed like a lot. But 
they're fresh off that road trip. Now, here's the stats for UT Martin I think are interesting. Three home games, they're averaging 90 points at home. Three road games, they're averaging 68 points per game. And, again, they haven't really played a – a, a, a power five team that would make you be like, oh, okay, that, that's why they, they haven't scored a lot. I mean, they, they really haven't played any of those games yet. But uh, uh, they do have a couple of post players that can really uh, uh, give, I think, some fits inside. But Todd Lewis is one. He had a 20-point affair against Tulane. They have a guy that ETSU is very familiar with because he was the SOCON freshman of the year a couple of years ago in Preston Parks who was at the Citadel. Uh, he threw a couple of uh, – now, again, Senator runs a different type of system when he's running at UT Martin, but he had a couple 30-point affairs his freshman year. He was the first point guard freshman of the year, uh, uh, SOCON freshman of the year since Steph Curry's. We continue just to name drop him whenever we apparently can on the show, or at least I do. So uh, – and he actually had a 20-point game against DTSU in one of his freshman – now, we didn't see him as a sophomore. He missed the first game. He was still on the roster – the second game, he was not on the roster. He'd already transferred. So uh, we'll see Preston Parks again. I think the uh, Felco Bogan is another guy. He leads the OVC in assist-to-turnover ratios, fourth in assists, fifth in minutes played, seventh in field goal percentage, and in steals. Uh, but for Todd Lewis, going back to him, let me tell you what type of uh, player this guy is as a post player, 6'8", 230, originally from Memphis. Uh, so just maybe 20 minutes from the University of UT Martin. But he had a triple-double last year where he had 34 points, 16 rebounds, and 12 assists in a game. <laughs> wow. I mean, those are healthy. No, it wasn't like he got a – It's great by like it. A, yeah, like, a, like, you know, he had 10, 10, and 8, or 10, 10, and 12, or something like that, or 14, 11, and 10. Right. I mean, normally that's how you get a triple-double. You don't throw 34 points, 16 rebounds, and 12 assists on the board. So I, I think – you know, he's certainly a guy that – and that was right as Bruce – we're getting off the air the last game, Bruce Tramberg kind of threw his name out there. Like, hey, one of the best OVC players preseason, all-conference, maybe the best player in the OVC. And right. and I thought, well, maybe Bruce is just pumping up the game, right, or just kind of getting it going. He he's, wasn't he, he's now a media guy, right, so yeah. he can do that. No, he wasn't. I'm sitting there, I'm reading some of his numbers. And, you know, again, he had got off to a slow start, but he had 20 points against Tulane. Preston Parks had 21 against UNCA all in the second half and went earlier this season. Kev, um, Kevin Little's a guy, six-foot guard. He certainly can fill it up from the outside. Had 18 at Western Kentucky earlier this year. So they've similar to ETSU, they've got about four or five players that have led them in scoring so far in a short period of time. I think ETSU's had six, and a couple guys tied one game. But, but but they've had six different guys that have been the leading scorer in a particular game. Well, UT Martin's right there with five different guys. So I think it's interesting when you see that. I don't want people to panic, fans to panic, in terms of how this season has started with losing a couple of close games to – uh, some quality opponents, and just to tell you how quality they are, took a look at the net rankings yesterday. Creighton, yeah, projected ninth of ten in the Big East. They're number 41 in the net rankings, which is designed to replace the RPI, as we talked about yesterday. Wofford, number 61, and then the other loss, Georgia State. They've beaten two SEC teams, South Carolina and uh, – or I can't remember who they are. Was Georgia and Alabama? Alabama. Georgia and Alabama, Alabama, pardon me. Georgia and Alabama. Wofford beat South Carolina. So another uh, SEC win for a team that ETSU lost to. So, uh, yes, 7-3, and three, but last year – they started 6-4, and four, won 16 in a row, ended up winning 25 games overall, which is second most in the last 15 years of the program. So no one should be panicking about this start. 
UT Martin is going to present some challenges, and then, of course, you've got the road game at Illinois, and that's not going to be easy. I mean, we saw that Creighton, and clearly they're outperforming that ranking of ninth out of 10 in the Big East, but in the Big Ten, while Illinois isn't projected to be one of those top teams either, uh, the fact that they are a Big Ten team, a power, quote-unquote, power five team that you're going on the road to face, uh, ETSU's been in that situation. They've been ahead in that situation. They should have won in that situation at Creighton, and, and you're hoping that they can get some measure of revenge, not on Creighton themselves, but on a Power 5 school and start to get noticed again after those couple of losses. So UT Martin obviously first, then you got a full week, and then it's Illinois. So uh, you talk about UT Martin, and it's not going to be a walkover. You're not going to be able to just show up uh, and, and take the victory. Uh, you've had four days off, though. How have you prepared for him? You've had ample amounts of time. Steve Forbes is going to be back on the bench after missing the Reinhardt game. So excited to see TSU uh, in freedom again. And as you said, they're a different team went on the road. UT Martin, ETSU is kind of, by definition, you look at those scores, a different team at home than they are on the road, too. So uh, I'd like to see a little bit of consistency develop from road to home. But anyway, you're getting the victory is uh, is a good way to get it. Well, I think the one thing, if you look at, uh, if in a, you know, ifs and ands and all that good fun stuff, but if, if they could have held on at Georgia State, could have held on at Creighton, Look at both those teams' schedules, who they've beaten or who they've hung tough with. I mean, obviously Creighton. 41 and 61, Creighton, like I said, in the net rankings. You know, you, you look at uh, Creighton beating Clemson, really had Gonzaga on the ropes here for a while, and we know how good Gonzaga has been so far. Uh, you know, to be interesting to see Georgia Southern schedules. Well, they, they, they rattle off a few SOCON teams. They got Mercer and a few others coming up. So I'm curious to see how Georgia Southern kind of plays throughout. And, I mean, really the most impressive thing about that Georgia State game, they were down 16 and a half and able to make up 16 points to, to pick up that win. And really, again, the only team on the schedule where ETSU really really got ran out of the building was Wofford. And but I mean, it was a six-point game with four minutes to it, go. It was. It was well, and that, that's what I kept kind of harping on. It was ridiculous how bad, but yet how good. So you look at certain stats, and you're like, man, that is, if you just read those stats, you know, you'd be like, my ah, bucks are winning. But then you read the other stats where they're down 13 rebounds, the missed free throws, and you're going, okay, they lost by like 50. You know, and you just kind of kind of balance it out. So this would be a good, um, you know, an in-state rival. How about that's the first time ever? Yeah. Two teams in the same state in public schools. Mm-hmm. First time ever they're going to play. Now, they've played football several times, but they have not played basketball before. So it would be interesting to see uh, ETSU, UT Martin. And the Bucks will return that game next year, which I'm not looking forward to that long bus ride to Jackson, Tennessee. That is not a – not a fun trip, but I've uh, done that again in football before. Less distance so. from here to Memphis than it is from Memphis to Tulane, by the way. Six-hour ride where from here to Memphis it's about seven hours. <sighs> Crazy. I mean, you get uh, – It's a long state. Uh, it's a long state. north of Washington, D.C. from here. Austin Herrick's been recruited by or at pretty much every part of this state, and he's here, so we've got him next. All right, we'll talk to him right after this timeout. Austin Herrick, a couple segments uh, with us on Sanderson's Sidekick right after this word from the Buccaneers Sports Network. Dashing down the street with candles all aflame By car, by horse, by feet Hooray for holiday games Very small and bright A scratchable delight What fun it is to play and give Holiday games tonight Holiday games, holiday games Holiday instant games Oh, what fun they are to play Throughout the holidays Give the gift of holiday instant games Only from the Tennessee Lottery Game-changing fun Please play responsibly Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed bucks tickets to cheer on my team. 
Learn more about Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Wow Rate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Every year, the family counts on you to make the holidays happen, so enjoying them yourself can sometimes be a struggle. Thankfully, Food City's here to help. Convenient services like curbside pickup, fresh-baked goods, in-house butchers, made-to-order deli trays, and more mean less time preparing and more time sharing. So go ahead, trim the tree, deck the halls, or dash through snow. Whatever your holiday traditions, make the most of them. Food City, how the holidays happen. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Sandos and the sidekick uh, inside Brooks Gym, where we've been this week, just kind of getting the basketball feel instead of being over at the football stadium. But this segment, one of our favorites, and we got two segments with them. Second segment with Austin Herrick, we'll do the official route tree. This segment, a uh, little bit of decompression. Yeah. Uh, you know, we haven't talked to you since then. You, uh, like a lot of people, want to get out of Dodge and uh, that, but let's. You know, uh, we'll go into the whole recap of the season and the year and your life and all that in a minute. But Jacksonville State, I mean, it was one of the – it was probably one of the more – and this is bold uh, because the whole season felt like it was an emotional roller coaster. But that game in particular was like a microcosm of the whole season of just the the emotions of, you know, good start, got to lead at halftime. All of a sudden you're down a couple scores. Here we go again. And then another last-second game. Yeah, you know, it – I told um, some of the guys all week it was going to be like Permian versus Dallas Carter. Um, and we actually watched uh, Friday Night Lights down on, on the way down there on the bus, and uh, it lived up to that. It was crazy. You know, we come out there and really started rolling on offense early. Defense was playing well, got us some turnovers uh, and that quick pick six that Titus had. Um, you know, we felt really good at halftime. We felt like, you know, our plan was working, um, and 
they really weren't doing much to stop what we we thought they would. So uh, I think we anticipated um, maybe the opposite coming out because they were so talented, and um, we saw that they had a lot of players that could present us some issues. So um, you know, when we got in there in halftime. We were pretty happy with where we're at. Obviously, we wanted to keep going, and the third quarter wasn't as great as we wanted it to be. But um, we battled back there and had a shot to win at the end. And you know, that's really all you can ask for. So I, on the the and then they intercepted a pass. Was it mm-hmm. a situation where it looked like to me? And I haven't gone back. I refuse to watch the game. I should go back and watch it. But it seemed like to me watching it live. And again, I wasn't. You know, that was a huge press box. Yeah. I was on the end zone where you, you were throwing it from, but it looked like the, the safety, who was an all-conference safety, came off his key and just took a gamble that you were going to kind of throw to Ari at that point in time because he left his guy, if I'm not mistaken, you wouldn't have known because he already lost ball, but he left his guy wide open and just said, by gosh, I think he's throwing it here. Yeah, no, he, he definitely read my eyes on that one. Um, that's happened uh, two other times to me. It happened to me in 2017 at uh, Sanford. Uh, and it happened in 2015 against St. Francis. And as soon as I threw it, because it, it, it's a weird look. You know, you're rolling over there to the sideline, and so everything's flowing that way. And so they take away the the first two reads. And so you're thinking, okay, the third read, which is the guy coming Got to be open, right? Well, yeah, and he just appears open because everyone's in this little window. Uh, so you throw it, and then a guy falls back in and gets it. And, uh, yeah, that guy's a heck of a player. Um, but, yeah, probably – a little bit too aggressive right there, um, but we had to be aggressive in that situation. Down twenty to, you know, thirty-five or thirty-four, whatever it was at that point. So, um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and talk about the. So then you're down two scores. It's old hat, like ten minutes yeah. ago, and then boom, a couple touchdown drives. Yeah. No, it was. Uh, it, I think that's where we were really good at I, the two-minute drill. The whole, um, you know, we're down, we can come back. That was kind of our mo. Uh, and we felt really comfortable in those situations, I think, because you know we didn't, we knew we didn't have anything to lose. Um, you know, I, I think sometimes, um, you know, speaking on me and kind of our offense, um, you know, with me leading it, it, sometimes maybe we were a little too conservative, and uh, you know that kind of held us back a little bit. But I do think when we were down. Um, we played a lot more aggressive and it tended to pay off for us. And so if I could go back, that's probably something I would do a little bit more. But, um, yeah, I think when we got down there and got down there in the red zone and, you know, really what we call the tight zone inside the five, it's almost a guarantee we're going to score. And we would have scored, um, just had some bad luck there. It felt to me like the Western Carolina game. I mean, you were down, what, 35 to 20 or whatever it was against Western with like six minutes left. You get the first touchdown. And then you come back and you convert a key fourth down just like you did on the drive that would have tied it against Jacksonville State. And the only difference was a matter of, what, half foot, six inches? I I mean, if the call on the field goes one way, uh, just looking at it, it would have been kind of difficult, at least from my perspective, maybe I'm biased, but for them to overturn it the other way. So, uh, gosh, like you said, a microchasm of the season. Did it have that feel of the Western Carolina game at all? Were you kind of having flashbacks a little bit? Because the way it was unfolding, I was like, gosh, this is eerie. Yeah, I I don't know that it had – it wasn't the exact same, but you had that feeling of, like, the whole momentum's going your way. And, you know, I felt like at that point they couldn't stop us offensively. And then, you know, Kobe goes down, and that was rough because even on those drives against uh, Furman and, um, 
you know, Western Carolina. Kobe played some critical roles in there, maybe not catching all the passes, but, uh, you know, running the right route and uh, getting guys open and blocking and things like that. He, he was such a critical part of what we did. And so when he, he was kind of the leader of the receiving core. So when he went down, uh, that was a big blow for us. So hate to see what happened to him, but what a great career and what a great season he had. It, it felt like that that was the best game you played all year. Uh, I mean, you look, you outgained the number, what, eight team in the country or whatever they were, uh, offensively. Defense. It seemed like the majority of the game that you outplayed them, and I know you alluded to it post game, and it's something I said too, if you would have gone in there and gotten blown out, it's like, okay, you're just not there yet. You know, you had a great regular season. You won a bunch of games close, six games by 16 combined points, and you had a storybook season, but there's clearly some steps that still need to happen for you to be competitive in the playoffs and against a top-10 team in the country. But that wasn't what it felt like. That wasn't what it was. You were there, and you outplayed them for a lot of the game and just couldn't quite get over the hump when so many times during the year you did. Yeah, I think um, that's a, that's a really good point there. I think there's a lot of people um, who thought that we were going to go down there and, you know, just be there to be in the playoffs um, because that is a really good team. And they were super talented, the most talented team I think we may have ever played outside of JMU or Tennessee, uh, but super talented team. But I think what kind of stuck out to me was what we're building as a program is, you know, you guys can be more talented than us. That's fine. But we're going to execute better. We're going to be tougher than you guys. We're going to be more disciplined than you guys. And um, yeah, that's what kept us in the game. Um, and and that's, that's something that will build well for us in the future uh, because we'll get more talented. I'm really excited to see how these uh, signing classes turn out um, because they're going to be they're going to make some headlines because we're going to get some really good players and um, instead of us going down to Jacksonville State and kind of being the underdog and the not talented team, I think it's going to the script will be flipped and we'll be the talented team who's tough and does all those things I was mentioning. I think uh, the one thing uh, for sure, and, and you can say this now because it doesn't matter bulletin board material, but you certainly would have gone up and laid an egg at Delaware. As I watched the Jacksonville State game, and it, they they didn't want to be there. There was no tackling. The offensive execution wasn't there, and and I felt like ETSU did a good job to getting um, Jacksonville State kind of off rhythm, and they caught a little bit of rhythm at some point, but. For the most part, they had Cooper kind of running around, not really knowing yeah. what he's doing. He didn't look comfortable ever in the pocket. He certainly didn't yeah. throw any anything inside the numbers good all night. Yeah. He threw a couple of great balls with great catches for touchdowns, but mm-hmm. other than that, he didn't seem anything. And they weren't tackling. It just it was. Uh, that's what made me mad because I knew we had we knew ETSU had him on the cusp. And and if he scored the the next touchdown, I had no doubt. As I'm sure. You would agree that you're going to win the game. If that that thing goes no, we're the, the way too. the way that everything was going, I think ETSU wins that game. They go to Delaware, and who knows? Now, now Delaware, Maine. Maine, Maine, Maine. I keep saying yeah. Delaware. I'm sorry, Maine. But the one thing I enjoyed about Maine, I will say this: Maine had a tailback I didn't know about. I'd heard about their quarterbacks, mm-hmm. my thing, but man, they had a tailback I could flat out go. But I would have loved to have seen ETSU had an opportunity in 20 degree weather up there to. to see what had happened certainly and, uh, not be down four touchdowns like 20 oh minutes in i mean the game. it was yeah. it was yeah it was 28 nothing and then i think uh jackson state scored two in a row yeah. kind of get back into it and then right before halftime i mean they had 42 points at half they hadn't scored 42 points all year Maine had not yeah. so i just feel like etsu um would have given a better game uh, a better run for the money than what jackson state did yeah i agree i think i think we felt like we matched up with them really well um so we were you know we obviously weren't looking past jacksonville state but 
um, you know, personally, I was thinking if we can if we can win week one here in the playoffs, then we got a really good shot week two, and then from there, you know, who knows? It's just one game on one day. You never know what can happen. So, um, kind of stinks we didn't get the opportunity, but um, yeah, you got to make the most of it when you're when you're out there playing. How many times have you, as a quarterback, been stepped on, and was that an all-time high to be stepped on in the same game? Because it looks uh, like at least twice. Yeah, well, I tried to sell it pretty good. Um, oh, I, I love use that. My, <laughs> listen, you've watched Tom Crafty. Brady enough. At a boy. Yeah, at a boy. that was kind of my MO as a basketball player. I'd go for a shot, I'd flop, and maybe get some calls here and <laughs> there. So as soon as I got stepped on, I just started screaming. And I was looking at the ref, you know, hope, hoping to get some sympathy points there, and he finally threw the flag. So um, I'd been working him pretty hard all game on, <laughs> come on, man, they're hitting me a little late and things like that. And so, um, yeah, I, I, they were uh, they were very chippy, I will say that. Do you feel like, because uh, I found it interesting talking to Coach Sanders afterwards, and I asked him what he learned about Jacksonville State. And the first couple of quotes were like any coach, well, they're talented, blah, 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 blah. After but then he, then he kind of just said, what I learned was you can't have a lot of transfers because those guys weren't playing for Jacksonville State. He said, the one thing I can say about our team was our team played for ETSU, and you could tell they loved and battled for each other. He said, those guys weren't battling for one another. I mean, they were just talented guys they put together, but they weren't concerned about Jacksonville State and winning for Jacksonville State. Yeah, I think that's something that um, you know some of us older guys have talked about. We We know that now we have the – opportunity or the ability to go out and get some higher caliber recruits than ever before with coaches pedigree and you know division one fbs football he could go get some of the guys that he's recruited before and you know that those guys are going to be super talented but i think one of the things that helped us be such a resilient team and be tough and all those things is you know we had a good group of guys who you know, maybe weren't the most talented, but will outwork anybody. Uh, you know, will play hard for their team, will play hard for their school, and will play hard together. And I think that's what, you know, made us who we were. And I, I mean, I'd love to see us sprinkle in some more talent, obviously, but I think the fabric of your team, you know, to be the best you can be, has to be made up with guys like that. I think, I think that's, uh, to me, it seemed like he, he was almost saying out loud as if he learned something like, okay. You know, if there's a certain position, if there's a certain guy we can get, certainly we're going to take a guy. If there's certain this, that, and other, but I'm not going to be the coach that just says, okay, let's go get these 20 transfers and have at it. It's like, okay, let's build the way we should be. And I think, I think you know, if you look at Wofford football, very few, if any, transfers on their roster. And basketball, football, baseball, you look at across the rosters. You know, they just believe, you know, four-year guys are way to go. And, and again, no right, wrong, and different. We've seen ETSU basketball. Clearly, yeah. Coach Forbes is not gone. Now, he wants to get more high school guys. He just yeah. hasn't have, been able to get them. Yeah. I think Coach Sanders strikes me as a guy, well, if there's a position of need, we'll go get a, mm-hmm. a transfer, something to help out, help us get older, more experience, whatever. Yeah. But I think he's going to be more apt after seeing Jacksonville State just kind of hearing that quote tells me he is going to get more guys like like uh, you and a lot of your classmates to come in and spend four or five years, love the university, play for the university, try to represent the brand more than try to represent themselves. Because it did feel like out there, too, that, you know, I think when Cooper made a couple mistakes, you know, for a couple mistakes at ETSU, you see guys go over there and talk to each other, right? Yeah. I mean, Holmes' example. Yeah. 
I saw several different, and, and Robert talked about more than I did on the broadcast. Hey, these guys are going over there saying something to Quay. He's a freshman. Got to try to, you know, get his head back in the game. Yeah. Cooper, a couple of times, he's over by himself. He's shrugging people off. I mean, he's just, and I don't know, but I don't know if that's a, uh, you know, you diva quarterbacks. I don't know if that's how yeah. you, I don't know if that's how you are or not. But for the most part, you could just tell there wasn't a lot of, you know, hey, let, let's let's pick him up and get him to play better. Yeah. You know, there was just a lot of bickering. But anyway, uh, we got uh, the route tree coming. Up. How much time do you need for that? I was going to ask him a couple more questions. Yeah, have cool at, I agree. <laughs> I, mean, I agree. Uh, it. What have the last couple weeks been like? I mean, this has got to be kind of weird, right? Obviously, I'm sure there's been some pain to it and the fact that the career is over. I know you got away for a week or so, and now you're back on campus without having to get up. Maybe you still do get up at 6 a.m. and go work out, or, you know, you're uh, you know, looking, I'm sure, at what's next and everything. But just give us kind of the rundown of the last couple weeks. Yeah, so it, it's been a lot weirder than I thought it would be, um, you know, really – since I was six years old, uh, I've always been working towards a season or, or all of that and, you know, training. And typically I would take some time off, but there would always be in the back of my mind, okay, let's start playing out what we need to get better at or, um, you know, what we did good and, you know, to improve upon that. Um, but really, you know, the first few days I ended up playing a lot of Red Dead Redemption uh, nice. Till about three in the <laughs> oh, morning. Hey, apparently, you've met Stephen May, our video coordinator, in a couple of those rooms or whatever. He uh, plays those things all the time. Oh, it's incredible. Yeah, me and Austin Gatewood were uh, having fights in Saint Denis last night. That's part of the game. We we're fist fighting. You know, a bunch of people. <laughs> Who won that, by the way? Uh, well, me and Gate did pretty good. Um, we're on the same team. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it, it's all virtual. We weren't like actually really fighting, but um, yeah, it was. Uh, it was really weird, and so I, I ended up going home towards the end of last week and was like okay I can't you know continue to stay up this late and just like <laughs> be a bum so right. uh, I got back on schedule this week and yeah I feel like that was my college life <laughs> yeah well it just was so weird because it's not what I've done so there's a few differences between you and Austin here well, well and, 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 and in fairness there was no online whatever you just had to go to somebody's room and play video games all yeah. night you couldn't meet anybody and in my day Mike yeah. if you will back in the day yeah, yeah. no so at this week I kind of got back on my schedule and, you know, got a little bit done. I actually finished up, you know, all my schoolwork. So, um, yeah, it's been weird, but um, I guess it's just adjusting to life and retirement. So here we are. <laughs> retirement, wow. I love it. Yeah. Hanging them up. Uh, how has the process of getting over that loss been? Um, it was it was pretty final um, after the game. I, I remember walking off the field. I tried to soak in. You know, all the, the emotions of that, I tried to, you know, take some deep breaths and look at the field and just kind of soak all that in. And then as soon as I walked off the field, my parents were there and my grandfather was there. And, you know, they were all emotional. And I was like, you know, guys, we did it right. You know, we had a we had a really good run. You know, I, I got the most out of my body I think I could mm-hmm. and my athletic ability. So, um, you know, it was um, – it was tough. Um, I remember I got on the bus, and um, Kobe always sat next to me on the bus, and he wasn't there, so that was weird. Um, and so I'm sitting there by myself. Everyone else is asleep, and um, I started, you know, thinking about, you know, my career and, you know, how it started and all of that. And, I, like, I tweeted out kind of a message, and I really did 
kept thinking of, you know, me being in the yard. I was the only kid, or only child. So um, as a kid, I would be running around the yard, you know, yeah. throwing the ball to grass. You know, no one was there. So maybe why I wasn't as accurate as I should have been. So uh, <laughs> I didn't have anyone to throw to as a child. So uh, no, I was we could get you a five-gallon bucket or yeah, something, or well, a big had, garbage can. We had or a, tire. a tire. There you go. Okay, uh, yeah, sure. But that sure. came along. Uh, you know, years down the road. So, um, but anyway, I was, I was thinking about that and I was like, man, you know, I hope that seven year old Austin or, you know, that kid could look at me now and be like, man, you know, you did a good job. I'm proud of you. And so, um, yeah, I think I did that. I think I, um, you know, I did all I could do and and I'm at peace with that. And, um, me kind of tweeting that out, that was kind of the, you know, the, the final step and getting some closure. It was a great message. Yeah, well, I read it and it got a ton of attention on Twitter and everything. Rightfully so. It was awesome. You're going to find it uh, uh, shocking that Scott Carter actually, when we told him about the message, read it and, and had to leave the room, he was crying. So I, I believe you, I know yeah. you, you'll find that shocking. But. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, you talk about your life and that seven-year-old. We're going to go on the route tree next, talk about your um, known football life to the public and go back to high school, go up through – some different stops you could have gone to in college and then ultimately wrap things up on this version of the route tree. Now, I don't know, again, I don't know what's next for you, but obviously there will be future route trees if you are still in for the spring. Not sure what's going to happen there, but this is kind of the one that I think is going to put a bow on Austin Herring's career from our perspective. Not that we need to do that, but I think it felt fitting with the last game of his career. All right, we'll do that on the other side of this timeout. Santos and Sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's Restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 1216 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. Nothing says breakfast like maple syrup. And nothing says breakfast any time of day like Wendy's new bacon maple chicken sandwich. Applewood smoked bacon, juicy chicken, sweet maple glaze on a croissant bun. It gives you all the great breakfast flavors when you're awake enough to enjoy them. So stop by Wendy's and enjoy the bacon maple chicken sandwich whenever you want. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulliken Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulliken's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson City locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulliken Flooring. 
General Shale is proud to support ETSU basketball and Southern Conference fans everywhere. Want to make the most of game day? Now you can design your dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you design custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from up to 10 building types. Design with over 50 of our most popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with your friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. The ETSU Coaches Show, back on Mondays for the basketball season. After leading their teams to the Southern Conference Championship game last year, Steve Forbes and Brittany Izell return to Wild Wing Cafe every Monday night to chat with Voice of the Bucks' Jay Sandos about the quest to get their squads to the NCAA tournament. Every Monday through early March, make sure to tune in at 6 p.m. to hear from the heads of ETSU men's and women's basketball right here on WXSM AM 640, the Extreme Sports Monster. Sandos in the sidekick, Jay Sandos, Mike Gallagher, Austin Herrick. It is the route tree, and this is where I step aside and just enjoy the show. Yeah, the route tree has covered everything from, uh, boy, the XFL to Dirk Nowitzki to, uh, boy, we've done like eight or nine of them. Trades that we still have to revisit from the NFL season. I think last night kind of puts one of them to bed finally that uh, the Jaguars, we talked about Blake Bortles and Cody Kessler, and gosh, they look terrible, giving up 240 yards to a guy that had 474 yards coming into the game. Derrick mm-hmm. Henry just ran rough shot over them, but we still got to do that at some point. But this one felt like, to me, it needed to be a bit more symbolic. I'm, I'm I'm very much the guy that likes to get into the um, big picture, kind of like tear-jerking type stuff. And Austin Herrick's been playing football since he was six years old. I know Jay Sandos is more of the stone-cold, uh, you know, uh, no-soul type guy. That's, That's right, right, I said it. Uh, he, uh, you know, not going to get too much into the emotional side of things, going to play it relatively cool. I don't really care to do that, uh, especially with a career like you've had. You, you mean a lot to the fans. I'm sure you saw that on Twitter. Um, and those comments have been coming in all year long. It wasn't just on um, your last comment there that you wrote up, you know, on the way back from uh, from Jacksonville State. Uh, it, it's been cool to sit back and have people appreciate what you've done for ETSU. And I got to thinking you know, about the other things we've talked about throughout the year. You were talking about being recruited to Memphis as a dual-threat quarterback, and you went to Middle Tennessee State for, I don't even know really how long it was, a couple months? Was it like a few yeah, months? from and, July to December. July to December, so a few months. And so we've got a few things to look at there, but I wanted to go back to just your uh, high school recruiting, and I found a few numbers here. I'd be interested to see your reaction. You were ranked as the 2,882nd best national prospect uh, by rivals. Wow. wow, that's better than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> I that's t- every position. That's not just quarterback. I think you're, you've been perpetually underrated. That strikes me as a bit underrated if you look back on your career now to that. Yeah, I, I think some of those guys probably didn't end up playing their whole, you know, whole time or whatever, and I'm sure some of those guys had injuries, and so um, I was able to play probably more than most of those guys in front of me. Now, you were ranked as the 141st best pro-style QB in the country. That's better than I thought, too. 141st. Now, they didn't give you a dual-threat ranking, although yeah. you said Memphis recruited you as a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, no, it, I don't know that they um, like labeled me as that, but the guy kept calling me like when we were we'd talk on the phone and like man you we just can't wait to utilize your running ability and I, i'm thinking <laughs> I like that. did he get the wrong tape is that what you're no thinking? so i went to memphis and it's funny gatewood was at that camp with me too and um we it was at brentwood academy and we were running our 40s 
<clears throat> typically I would get four nine, you know, four eight maybe. And so I ran and they yelled out four six five. Which is dual threat level. Yeah. And I, I looked back and I was like, That can't be right. In no way. And so I ran again. And they said four six eight. And I was like, huh. <laughs> I must be really running today. So um so yeah, I guess that's what they they got that from because I my high school coach sent me a video of my longest rush in high school and it was 17 yards. Um, wasn't a very impressive run either. I just no one touched me and I ran out of bounds. So um, so yeah, not a dual threat quarterback by any means. According to you, at least I think there's some talent evaluators that thought a bit different. Let me read you the list on rivals of schools that they say recruited you. Alabama. There's some good stories with that one. Auburn. Not many good stories with that one. Duke. Good story. Mississippi State. Story. Les Caning, it says, or Kenning, or I'm not yep. sure. How, yep. I still got his phone number. Okay, yeah, that says yeah. that he was the one recruiting you. Missouri, Penn State, Tennessee, Vanderbilt. There's some really good stories with all of them. Well, hold on. Okay, I want to hear them. It does say that the interest, they didn't have one school that was more of an interest level than cool on you. Which I think is just a slap. Cool or low. That's <laughs> yeah. exactly how they, they were just saying that I was cool. Well, That's, I, that was their evaluation. I, I like a cool I, kid. I like how you take that. That's good. We'll just spin that to optimism. That's a very, it's a very J way of spinning that. Let's, by the uh, way. let's, let, let's hear these stories because I, I knew there would be something here. I was either like, well, they completely made it up or Herrick's going to have some absolute gems in this. Okay. So, you can say it now because your career is over. It doesn't matter, right? Yeah. yeah no, this is the coolest part, really, of the whole thing. You get so many cool stories. So. Yeah. Uh, I went to tons of camps in high school, and it was me and my mom and dad just riding in the car, going across really the southeast and really the whole country uh, to these camps because that's the only way I knew how to get recruited. Um, so Alabama, we'll start with them. Um, you get invited to go to these camps. The, the recruiters stop in the schools and like, hey, we want you to go to the camp. And they'll, t- they'll tell that to probably two or three kids at each school. Sure. So, yeah, I didn't know that at the time. This, I was the first person in my family really to ever go through this process. So I'm all excited. Alabama asked me to go to a camp. So I go down there, and um, I end up going through some drills, and they put me off in the group with the guys that are really recruiting. So it's me, Drew Barker, who ended up playing at Kentucky, um, Jacob Park, who went to Georgia, and then he ended up at Iowa State. And so we're down there throwing – and I'm throwing probably the best I've ever thrown in my life. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm really spinning it. And uh, it's the quarterback coach at the time was Doug Nussmeyer. Okay. Uh, and he oh, was yeah, a left-handed yeah. guy, too. And so we were hitting it off. And so I was throwing. Big-time offense coordinator. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, I was doing great. And after the, after the session, he didn't talk to any of those other guys who were like three- or four-star recruits. He came and talked to me and my family. It was like, and we really like you. Um, we want to stay in contact with you. He said, let me go show you around the facilities real quick. So it's me, my mom and dad, and Coach Nussmeyer. So at this point, me being the 16-year-old guy I am, I'm like, I'm going to Bama. I mean, <laughs> no question, this is yes. easy. Yes. So we're going around, and we're looking at the facilities, and um, Coach Saban wasn't there, but he showed me his office. And my mom said, well, hey, we've got a long ride back to um, – you know, Cleveland, is there any way you could shower? Because he really stinks. It's like, yeah, sure. So I went and showered in Alabama's locker room. Gosh. Um, yeah, and so we stayed in contact quite a bit. Um, but eventually he stopped returning my calls. So <laughs> probably a good move for him. I'm sure they ended up good with their quarterback situation right now. So Well, I want to say he wouldn't, he wouldn't have been there your freshman year anyways. I think he had left. Uh, he would have been there my freshman year, but he left and went to Michigan. Right. He was uh, Harbaugh's Harbaugh. first, first right. coordinator. 
Right. And then he only last two years there, and then I can't Florida, remember where he's at. Yeah. And then I don't know where he's at. I don't now. know where he's at now, but I knew Michigan and Florida. So, again. You know how your mind tends to wander in the shower. You just think of whatever. I, mean, I bet you're picturing yourself holding the national championship trophy. You're like, I'm showering this locker room. I'm going to do it for four years, and I'm going to be that guy that hoists that trophy. Oh, that's how kind of all these are. Auburn, well, actually, quick thing about Alabama. Yeah. I went on a, like a game day visit there. This was after that, and still Coach Nussmeyer and I were talking. It happened to be the day that Johnny Manziel – was there and had his crazy oh day. Oh, my god! And I was sitting in the end zone. That's where the recruiting section is, where he, he like, dropped the ball and ran around through it. Oh. That happened, like, right in front of me. Oh, wow. Um, so then Auburn, actually, not really a great story, but I actually watched Texas A&M and Johnny play against Auburn. Uh, Duke, uh, my high school coach, had a really good connection with Coach Cutcliffe. Went up there and camped and didn't really do much. They weren't super interested. Mississippi State. Um, they recruited me quite a bit. I think they came and watched me throw one day at Cleveland. Um, and then I went to their junior day, and that's where I got in contact with um, Les. So um, who is the other one on there? Uh, Missouri. Missouri sent me more letters than probably any other school. And it's they never contacted me. I just had – I probably have two boxes full of letters from Missouri. But they never Never took called it past me that. or anything. Um, yeah. Um, I guess the – Penn State was on there, you yep, said. Yep. Um, <laughs> I got a handwritten letter randomly from their quarterback coach, um, Charlie Fisher. That was their quarterback coach at the time. Wrote me a handwritten letter. And, uh, my like got like, notebook paper? Or like? No, like on the Penn State letter. Oh, okay. Yeah, like just like handwritten? Maybe a little stock. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. Like handwritten, but like a full it. page, right? It's yeah, usually it's on these like little – Yeah, it's okay. like a bowling cart. And gotcha. those are like, okay, they really like you because okay. he took the time to write it handwritten. Right. So my high school coach called him and was like, hey, are you guys interested in, in Austin? And they're like, yeah, we'd love to see him throw in person. So we get up in the car and we go to Happy Valley yeah. and throw. And there's pictures, I think, actually on my Facebook of me riding a golf cart with Bill O'Brien, wow. um, which was really cool because of the brain oh, connection. Yeah. And um, so it's out there. And I do a private workout with just me and Bill O'Brien. And he's got these GAs catching the ball for me and stuff. Yeah, and awesome. he's put me through these drills. And we met the equipment man there, Spider. I think he just retired. My dad, like, stayed in contact with him or something. Like, that was pretty cool. And then Tennessee was another cool story because I hated Tennessee growing up. I was a big Nebraska fan, and everyone around me was Tennessee fans. And So um, <laughs> it's right when Butch got hired, his offense coordinator was Mike Pajakian, who I think is still with the Tampa Bay Bucks, but he could not be there. I don't know. Um, but anyway, so – my high school coach, which is, you know, one of my best friends to this day, calls me. He's like, hey, can you come up to the school? This was on Christmas break. Um, so I go up there, and him and Coach Bajakian are watching my film in his office. And so I talk to Coach, and I'm like, you know, what's going on here? Like, this is kind of cool. Um, and so Coach Bajakian, um, you know, was really interested in me, I guess. And so I go do a private workout up there with him. They just called me up there, and they aren't supposed to technically do that, but I happened to be throwing in there, and they were looking at me. Sure, that happens. Yeah, yeah exactly. It just happened to happen. So um, I go up there, and they're like, okay, don't warm up and just throw. Um, so that was interesting. interesting yeah. um, I just hopped out of a car and started throwing, and so I threw okay, and I – I really thought they were interested in me. They had me back for this day called Statement Day, and it was me, Jalen Hurd, Vic Wharton, um, really all those guys from you know, Josh Malone, all those in-state guys, and I was the only quarterback there. So I'm thinking, 
I might be their guy, right. you know. Um, and so it's me and Butch and my family had a meeting, you know, in his office, and you know, we talked, and you know, nothing ever come of any of that. But you know, I feel like uh, I had to be on their top five list or something, or they wouldn't have spent this much time with me. So it was really interesting to see, um, you know, how all that unfolds. And then on signing day, I'm left kind of like, well, where do I go? Right. Interesting. So, crazy how college recruiting works well butch jones is a better coach maybe would have taken you i don't i think he he did okay <laughs> with josh Dobbs. well I, I, the, the, the one thing about all that is they have so many back see that that's why i've, I've at etsu some of our best ever football players are signed literally at the back end of the two weeks of signing week i know it's signing day everyone's all excited about that but there's a two-week period and some of our best football players are signed at the end because they all are waiting for in schools that like that, right, waiting yeah. for that. And what the dirty secret is, well, they may have six quarterbacks or five quarterbacks on that list, and they get the first two where the other three guys are bumped off. Yeah. Well, another guy may be on somebody else's list. He gets bumped off. Well, that fourth, fifth guy at the end of that has been waiting on two, three schools. They don't call. Now they call other schools. They've already made, moved on. And then you're stuck. And there are plenty of good football players yeah. that, that have fallen, not just ETSU, but other type teams like that that are just like uh where do i go what do i do and so some of the best and i try to tell people all the time i said hey what we sign on signing day is great but watch out for the guy we sign a week and a half later yeah and see what that guy is doing and that's what and that happens in college back i mean some of coach forbes signing are never on the first day of the signing it's been in the last it's even been in august that he's kind of held out on this one guy that was living a dream and it fell through and then end up getting him yeah i i think that's a part of the the whole process that fans really don't understand. They see, you know, the stats from, you know, the kids' high school or, um, you know, how they're rated by some sports writer somewhere. Um, But really, you know, that's why there's been so many guys in the NFL who you're like, you know, he wasn't very highly touted. How did that happen? Well, he's been a good player this whole time. Maybe he developed later, but maybe he was just missed by, you know, a lot of people, and that still happens quite a bit. My favorite story of ETSU football so far, well, there's two. One, Quay Holmes decided not to be an A-back at Georgia Southern and cut people down. By the way, I told back, you right? about him two summers you ago. Did. You did. You did. You heard it here first, people. No, <laughs> he did because I always ask guys on the team, hey, who are the new guys in off the bat do you are impressed by or whatever? And that name came up more than any. And the other one was Sailors. Sailors was recruited virtually by nobody. And it, it took Coach Sanders just happened to call, was talking to a high school coach down in the Chattanooga area and said, hey, is there just a kid around that area that, just, that you feel like should be smart? And it was a rival coach. Said, hey, there's this one kid at uh, Marion, Co- County. Marion County. Said he w- has always killed us. He's mm-hmm. explosive. He's sitting there. He goes, I don't think anybody's on him. So Coach Sanders calls that high school coach. Said, could you send me some stuff? He sends them some stuff. They look at it and go, yeah. all right, let's go give him a shot. Crazy how those His, and, uh, and then they end up getting him for, for, with virtually no, no fight. There was yeah, nobody else really he, uh, battling for him. His – one of his high school coaches went to Cleveland, and so I was back there over the summer. He said, you're going to really like this kid you guys just got. And he told me about Jacob, and I said, okay, you know, most people say that. Exactly. You hadn't heard him before? Yeah, whatever. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. So uh, we get on campus, and he's a DB, and, you know, not much is happening. And, you know, we're in fall camp, and he's in the training room, and I'm in there, and we're talking. He's like, man, I just don't know if I'll get to play this year. I'm probably going to get redshirt. And I was like, well, you know, just – 
just be patient, bide your time. You know, you never know what can happen. He's like, I just don't know. Like, the guys in my position are so young, and, you know, it's going to be tough to overcome them, you know. And I was like, well, just just be patient. I'll work out, not knowing what's going to happen. Well, literally that day he gets moved to running back. So now I'm handing him the ball. And, you know, I didn't think much of it. You know, he's a freshman, probably won't play too much. Well, then we have a scrimmage that Saturday, and he just balls out. I'm like, well, this guy's going to get you know, at least an opportunity to play, and then the rest is history. Uh, it's crazy how things can happen, like, so quick like that. And Jacob's going to be a really good back here for the next few years. Vandy was the other one that was on this list. Any good stories on them? Um, yeah, I went to three camps in three days. I went to Vandy, Old Miss, and Memphis back to back to back. A lot of uh, throwing, a lot of, like, fast food, and uh, a lot of YouTube videos that were watched <laughs> on the way. Um, Vandy, uh, I'm trying to think. I don't know how uh, intensely they recruited me. Hey, cool, if this is any Yeah, uh, they were cool. <laughs> yeah, they were cool just like all those other guys. Right. Uh, Memphis recruited me pretty hard. I'm trying to think. Uh, Nebraska, I went out there because I'm a big Nebraska fan. Yeah, for sure. I actually got to do like a, a private workout with their wow. coach too. So that was that like had to be pretty cool. Super cool for yeah. me. Uh, and I got to like go up there in the coaches' offices and meet those guys. So um, yeah, Sanford recruited but, me. So who who too. was um, who was uh, was it Pelini still? Pelini and uh, Tim Beck was oh, the offensive did, coordinator. Okay, so his offensive line coach Kaczynski, Cotton. did you meet Rick Rick Kaczynski, uh, the offensive line coach. Okay, yeah, ma- yeah, maybe he, he was a la- when football was dropped. He was the offensive line coach here, so I still talk to Coach Losey. Always Rick. talks about yeah, him. yeah. So it's a oh well, he was the, he was the only four year starter in the history of Notre Dame at center. Wow, and he played for Lou Holtz, yeah. and he was a wire, which was kind of funny. Because he had to be really mean because he was very wiry. I'm sitting there going, you played? Because it wasn't like Notre Dame didn't pump out even back in the day 300-pound linemen. Yeah. So the fact that he was the starter. But I just didn't know if he got a chance to cross paths because he was the – and which was funny, you wouldn't have known at the time, right? ETSU didn't even have football when you're talking about that yeah. at that point. But anyway, so you wouldn't have known to ask about it. I was curious if you ran yeah. into former offensive line coach Rick Kaczynski. Yeah. And kind of to, to wrap up my recruiting process, um, well, for, well, when I transferred from middle, I almost went to Sanford. That's where I really was thinking about going. Um, and then their coaching staff got fired, and they got the new staff. And uh, But that was kind of where I was headed. And then they got fired, and I had to kind of reroute a little bit. Um, like the route tree. Yeah, like the route tree. There it is. Um, good, good connection. There's a connection. There. Um, but then ETSU, um, I had an offer from UT Martin. I had a full ride from them. And – I wasn't too hot on that. You know, it's Martin, Tennessee, like you mentioned. And I think the biggest uh, building in, in that town is the, the hotel they have, which is three stories. Um, so wasn't too keen on that. Um, but anyway, I, Coach Gaines uh, came to Cleveland High, and I had never heard of East Tennessee State. And I've lived in Cleveland pretty much my whole life. Um, never heard of ETSU. He says, hey, I'm Coach Gaines with East Tennessee State. And he actually coached me in middle school. So we had a connection previously. And uh, I was like, really? Okay. And he was like, yeah, we, we really like you. Uh, we'll give you, you know, a quarter of a scholarship. And I was like, well, Coach, you know, UT Martin has offered me a full ride. And, you know, they're competing for conference championships. And, you know, I would love to go to ETSU. I think that sounds great. But, yeah, logically it wouldn't make much sense. Like, you know, can you help me out? He says, yeah, I'll see what I can do. So he calls, I guess, Coach Torbush, and he gets it up to a half scholarship. And I'm like, okay, but still, like, there's a lot of money there that I could <laughs> save just by going to Martin. And uh, he's like, that's all I can do. 
And so that was it. And so then Martin wanted me to gray shirt, and uh, Memphis kind of did a similar thing to me. And so I'm sitting there thinking, man, I'd love to take a half scholarship at ETSU. And I call them up, and uh, yeah, they had already got their guys. So um, that left me waiting, and then I went to Middle Tennessee State, and the rest is history. So – I, of course, since it is the route tree, I went back and laid out the scenarios if you would have gone to Memphis or stayed at middle. Okay. Memphis, firstly, some back information. Paxton Lynch was the starting quarterback there uh, in 2014 and 2015. We, we know he obviously, I believe, was a first-rounder. He was. He was. Uh, yeah. Got paid, did well. Then Riley Ferguson and Brady uh, White. White. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you would have played for Justin Fuente and Mike Norvell, a couple of pretty big names in coaching. Yep. Uh, the team went 45-19 and 19 the past five years. They ended up doing pretty well. Middle Tennessee State, Conference USA, the stock stills, right? Yep. So it's Brent, who's the son of, of Rick. Yeah, uh, and was the QB for the last four years. I believe he was Conference USA player yeah, of the year he just, year. just named yeah. uh, last week, yes. Uh, and uh, they the Conference USA Championship game against UAB was what, last week? Yeah, last yes. Saturday. That was 27-25. They could have won yeah. that one, yeah. I watched that. I figured you looked at the landscape of being there, and I don't I don't know what your thought process was. I just would have thought, well, coaching his kid. I'm probably not going to play a ton. That's what I would have thought. Yeah. Um, well, I, I was – like I said, I was 17 and 18 years old. Not believing thinking, any of that, Mike. I was he's like, thinking he's, he well, like, he yeah. was starting quarterback in Alabama the year before 16. <laughs> yeah, I mean, fair point. That is a fair point. And so, so I. It's funny you bring up Paxton Lynch. I go to Memphis's practice, mm-hmm. and I see they've got first. You know, they've got like eight quarterbacks. And I'm like, I wouldn't even get to run the scout team next year, probably. Um, not that I'm not better than these guys, but I'll probably get redshirted, and you know, I won't really get developed here at all. And then right. I saw Paxton. And I went back to my high school, and I was like, this guy's going to be something special. He's yeah. like 6'7 and can run. Right. And he's got a gun. Yeah, he, he's a player. Um, so then my high school coach went to middle, and he's like, well, they literally only have like two scholarship quarterbacks at the time. And Brent was gray-shirted, and he was like, well, he'll be there next year. And I'm like, you think it's going to be that big a deal? And, I was, and he was like, no, yeah. I mean, Coach Stockstill is a pretty fair guy. And so, um, yeah, I was like, you know, if I'm better than him, I'll play. Yeah. Um, so I go up there and really enjoyed my time there. Uh, me, Brent, um, the starting quarterback for the year I was there is Austin Grammer. He went, he started like 20 games at middle or something, then went to West Alabama and played. Um, then uh, A.J. Erdley was there as well, and he started, you know, he brought back uh, UAB football. Um, and then Brent, and then me. Yeah. So there's a lot of starts in between all those four. Right. Um, and so I get up there, and I'm doing seven on seven. And I remember, you know, calling home, being like, "Hey, you guys need to pack your bags. We're going to Minnesota, you know, week two or something." Um, yeah, I'll be traveling, no doubt. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm the best one up here, no question. And you know, I get to fall camp, and uh, first first day they hand me a clipboard and say, "All right, you know, you you're just gonna chart plays this year." So okay, and so I asked the coach a question. I was like, "Hey, coach, you know what's our read on this play?" And he said, "Hey, don't ask questions you don't know the answer to." So I was like, "You know what do you do? Yeah, don't ask <laughs> questions <laughs> you don't know the yeah. answer so, so, to." Exactly. So, so it, it, I don't it, know it, how to learn at this point. It, right. Is it in the playbook? And he's expecting you to like in the book? Is there already? Why would you, you ask the question? We really, the yeah, exactly. So we didn't, but. No, to you know, to sum that whole season up. Uh, so was he a lawyer at some point? That was you a great sum up of that season. Yeah, that was. <laughs> but uh, no, it was it was uh, it was a interesting year. I kind of I learned college football, 
but Brent ended up being a great player for them. Obviously, he'll be—he's probably the best quarterback in in school history. And um, you know, we still talk every now and again. And um, I don't regret going there at all. I learned so much. And you know, running the scout team there uh, was the best experience I could had to you know prepare me for ETSU because I was live. I got hit like pretty much every practice um, by a. You know, a Conference USA defense with an all-freshman scout team. And so when we went and played the next year, I was like, well, this has already happened before. So it wasn't as big of adjustment for me as it was some people, I think. Here's what would have happened if you got to Memphis. You and Justin Fuente would have fallen deeply in love, and he would have taken you with him to Virginia Tech when he left. And since they developed you into a dual-threat QB, you would have spontaneously combusted into Michael Vick. Yes. Pretty good, with pretty good seven. scenario. Yeah. And left-handed. See, there it is. Pretty good scenario. How are you on nine-step drops? Because that, that was his deal. Nine steps? Yes. Vic, uh, if you're not heard this from Beamer, yeah. they basically discovered, because he was shorter and quick and all that, that the three and five steps weren't working for him. So they went to seven and nine. They had to develop different routes to get him further back in the pocket to allow him to see everything. So he was doing seven and nine step drops, which is almost impossible in the college game. I've taken seven step drops. We do that um, here quite a bit, but never a nine. Um, I may have to try that once we're done. I don't I don't doubt that you still would have been able to be a left-handed number seven Michael Vick. I mean, left-handed number seven's already there. All you're missing is the Michael Vick. Yeah, exactly. Uh, this one's a little bit different. If you would have stayed at middle, uh, <laughs> I kind of got carried away. You saw the writing on the wall that you'd never be able to play because of Brent and Rick. Yeah. So you decided that football wasn't for you and you went and played basketball for middle. You would have become best friends with Giddy Potts and yes. Reggie Upshaw. And, yes. your de- and your devastating 14-foot jumper from the left elbow would be the missing piece Middle Tennessee State would need to move on past Butler in the 2017 NCAA tournament. And ironically, much like Butler in 2010, all the way to the NCAA championship, except unlike Gordon Hayward, that hack, you would have made your half-court buzzer beater to beat Gonzaga after downing Kentucky in the Final Four in North Carolina in the Elite Eight National Championship for Middle Tennessee State. You yeah. always find a way to make fun of the Patriots and the Celtics. I appreciate that about you. Always. I appreciate that about you. That's uh, heart and dedication to the show. So yes. you got, you're got either Michael Vick or you're a national champion, but I'm glad you didn't pick either. I'm glad you came to ETSU. Yeah, I'm glad I'm glad it ended up the way it did. The, the, <laughs> the, the legend of Austin Herring still wouldn't have been what it is if he didn't come to ETSU. True, true. I, I mean, Michael Vick and national championships are nice, but yeah. I mean – but yeah, restarting a program, yeah. going two and nine, and getting beat by two, you know, Division yeah. three schools. Okay. Yeah, who, who could beat that? <laughs> and, 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 and turn it around three years later to being a playoff. Yeah, I mean, yes. a conference champion. Let's yeah. let's not gloss over the good parts here. Yeah, uh, the on. o- the only quarterback to win a Southern Conference championship in school history. What yeah. do you think of that? Well, it won't be like that for long. So it will. I'll enjoy. I hope, it. I hope it isn't. I hope you've laid the groundwork down I'll, enough. I'll for enjoy those that years. for the next twelve months. Oh. I guess 11 now. So. That was solid. So you are definitely uh, back in spring, or are you, are you, are you going to take some time to go back and listen to these shows and realize that you've got There's got to be something greener. There's greener <laughs> pastures. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I'll definitely love to do this uh, if you guys want me back. Um, I don't. I have no clue uh, what I'm going to be doing. Um, I want to coach. Uh, I don't know where I'll be. I don't know if I'll be here, if I won't be. So well, we, we have a telephone number, so we can handle that. Yeah, yeah. Too. yeah definitely. We can uh, talk whatever. Yeah, right. whatever. Right. All right, Austin Heron, Corral Tree. Appreciate the time, buddy. Appreciate it, Austin. No problem. Thanks All right, we're me. way over. Let's do bold predictions after this on the Buccaneers Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. 
Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. The Firehouse Restaurant in downtown Johnson City has been a proud supporter of the Bucks since 1980. Our hickory smoked barbecues, sides, sauces, dressings, and desserts are all made from scratch because that's the way the locals like it. Our tailgate packs are available through Firehouse Catering for 12 or more, starting at just $8 per person. The packs are available all season on Fridays, Saturdays, and Mondays. For more information, visit thefirehouse.com. Come see us before the big game. The Firehouse, 627 West Walnut Street between ETSU and downtown Johnson City. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were... This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway... He scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. Over the last 70 years, Johnson City Power Board has had a few different looks, but we've remained the same trusted partner you rely on. Now, we've changed our name to Bright Ridge to match our vision, to deliver on our promise of great service you can count on, embracing common sense technology to strengthen the communities we serve. We're glad to be your public power provider. Bright Ridge, new name. Renewed promise. Learn more at brightridge.com. There is no way LeBron James leaves Cleveland again. I agree with Jarvis Landry. I think the Browns are a Super Bowl contender this year. How in the world can you not see that Big Baller brand is far superior to making the NBA than Puma? Now, rumors fly a lot. Jason Witten is not going to Monday Night Football. I mean, the Mike Ayers rumor that he's leaving, no way. I bet he's there until 2025. Terrell Owens has made a career off jawing, running his mouth. Will he be in Chattanooga for his Hall of Fame induction? No chance. He'll be in Canada. Bold predictions. Oh, bold predictions. Jay Santos, Mike Gallagher. Mike is somehow leading under some false pretense. Jacob Townsend has to redo some stats. Go ahead, buddy. Hey guys, uh, y'all ran a little over there with the Golden Boy there for a little bit. How are you gonna How are you gonna stop that kind Seriously, of conversation? That was, Are you kidding me? That was that was the most entertaining 
thing we did on the podcast. Speaking this week. of Absolutely. which, the uh, guy this from year. Penn State <laughs> that wrote him the handwritten letter, Charlie Fisher, y'all love yep. this. Now the wide receivers coach at Arizona State for Herm Edwards. Oh, yeah, my yeah. God. Yeah. Yes. I was doing some yeah. homework back here while he was talking. Yeah, and I did get a chance, and Jacob actually dropped the uh, – Nussmeyer's actually the Titans coach at the Cowboys right now, which wow. – Garrett <laughs> always seems to Pretty get good. the washout head coach, offensive coordinator guys on his staff somehow. Yeah, he had a uh, doofus, right? Uh, Derek Dooley, yes, that is correct. Okay. <laughs> um, that was a little too quick for me to be comfortable. He was wow. sitting on that one. Wow. Sorry about that. Uh, is there a – Button I need to hit to not let that play in the actual podcast. No, um, you're fine. You're fine. Uh, Mike, we're not on six-second delay. Yeah. <laughs> Mike, uh, you're actually batting 308, 12 uh, right on the semester. Jay batting 195, uh, having eight right. Jay, I'm, I'm, I'm down to my last week here. Please get over 200 before I graduate, please. It would be a poor uh, reflection on Jacob if you don't. Okay. Well, he's scoring it. He could easily count it a few. <laughs> no, I can't. That is no, a fair no. point. No, yeah, I mean, you could. You could. I mean, just because you have standards doesn't mean you were going to. But, yes, you had. You know, I have Southwest no, Virginia No standards. standard Sandos is what they call them. Yeah. So, I, I think that you're better off in this case, Jacob. You want to go first? I'm gonna, yeah, you're going to go first. A- am I? Yeah, I'm deferring. I'm, I'm going first. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, do you have anything? I do. I have two ETSU ones okay. and uh, one football one. Nice. Uh, my, you pull those together quick because we're basically talking with Austin in break up until like 15 seconds to uh, we're back. Well, the, the ETSU ones I've actually thought. Oh, okay. I've, 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 I think ETSU is going to have two players with double-doubles in the game Saturday against UT Martin. And I think Trey Boyd is going to double his name and have six trades made in the game. Wow, those are good. Those are good. I'm going to go, and I haven't looked necessarily at points given up for UT Martin, anything defensive. I don't really care. We're a lot better at home right now than we are on the road. Uh, so I'm going to think a big offensive day for ETSU, and I'm kind of meandering around because I'm still trying to decide exactly what the prediction is going to be. Let's say uh, three players – Ah, that might be aggressive. Uh, well, it's yeah, bold. Th- it is bold. Three players, 20 points or more. I was going to say two, which I think would have been bold enough, but I'm going to go three players, 20 points or more. Uh, and that means I think we're going to put up like 100. Mm. All right, so I went to. Oh, so I got to catch up. So yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, Her- Herm Edwards and Arizona State beat Buffalo tonight. They're seven point underdogs uh, in Is that the first contest. bowl games already? <laughs> no, no, it's Bobby Hurley p- p- playing mm. Buffalo. It's number 20 versus mm. number six. But you know, I love my guy Herm, uh, Herm mm. and Charlie Fisher. Uh, it's the Herm effect that they're so good. They're undefeated. So is Buffalo. But I think that Arizona State, in some turn, I think it's the Arms- Armed Forces Classic or something like that. Uh, they- so it's a neutral site game? I believe it is. Uh, they're number 20 in the country. Buffalo is number six, but favored by, well, it was seven and a half. When we started the show, it's now six and a half. So you can tell people are betting hard on my guy, Herm. So uh, Herm Edwards, Bobby Hurley, and Charlie Fisher all the way to a victory. That is bowl prediction number two. Actually, that's where Bobby built. Hurley came from. He was the head coach at Buffalo before he came to Arizona I State. I do know Correct. that. Correct. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you did everything but put uh, uh, Bill Frieder on, uh, in the reference in there as well. I don't well. know who that is, but yeah. sure, he can Solid. come along. Sure. Like sure. Yeah. Yeah, all those good ones. All right. Um, my last one, I'm going to go the Indianapolis Colts on the road to break the nine-game win streak of the Houston Texans and the Bill O'Brien. When he mentioned Bill O'Brien, that's when it came to me, hey, let's go there. Nice. Uh, because it's too easy for me to say Army wins by 1,000, So, uh, which is going to happen. Uh, just book that one. That's, that's, that's the most booked thing you can book ever in the history of the world. I'm still trying to decide an NFL one. I'm actually going to parlay two here. And so by parlay, I mean if both. you got to win both. Yeah, you got to win both, which I think should count for like 20 million points because these are both long shots. 
Uh, I'm going back to the well with Oakland at home against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh's on a bit of a slide. Ten-point underdogs are Oakland. I, I think that that's, firstly, a really big number. Not that we're be- we're just saying who's going to win. Uh, just for bold purposes. Yeah, right? but I think Oakland is going to. I also think that uh, Tampa Bay is going to pull an upset on New Orleans. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be Jameis or Fitzpatrick. I think I think Fitzpatrick is the quarterback right now. Uh, he he may not be by the end of the game. It could be Jameis right now, and they may switch. It doesn't really matter. Six one of the year for Tampa Bay. They're nine and a half point dogs against uh, New and Orleans. And they beat New Orleans in week one. Uh, they did. They're like 48. That, that's what Fitzpatty threw for five touchdowns yeah. or whatever. And everyone was like, he wait a second, what he, is going on he here? He accounted for six touchdowns in that. Oh, it was absolutely fantastic. Ryan Fitzpatrick or Jameis Winston or both to a victory over the New Orleans What, what if Jameis Winston throws a pass to Fitzpatrick? That would actually make it more points for me when they win, so I'm hoping for that, too. I actually uh, would not argue that. Absolutely uh, love bold predictions, and Monday we'll go over. So there it is. There's our bold predictions. There's a week worth of shows. We've got one more week before we take a holiday break. We'll recap the game against UT Martin, and we'll also uh, go over the bold predictions on Monday of what exactly I got right and what Mike flinged out on as usual. Well, I got four now, and one of them being a parlay. I don't want to say I'm not confident. Uh, I just need a few things to go my way, Jim. Uh, nothing's got my way this year. Anyway, Sanders sidekick, Buccaneer. Sports Network.